Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. How can we know what Heavenly Father thinks of us? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We continue looking at a conference message given by Elder J. Devin Cornish of the 70, titled, Am I Good Enough? Will I Make It? He starts off in his talk telling a story about when he was an intern as a young doctor. He felt very discouraged and really unworthy, wondering what had he gotten himself into. And he takes that story and he tries to apply it in a spiritual sense because, as he mentions, sometimes when Latter-day Saints attend church, they become discouraged even by sincere invitations to improve ourselves. What Mr. Cornish is trying to do in this talk is no doubt trying to encourage his hearers by letting them know that they will be good enough. But in yesterday's broadcast, we were talking about a section of his message where he says that if we must compare, and he says not to compare with other people, but if we must compare, let us compare how we were in the past to how we are today and even to how we want to be in the future. Now, Eric, how do you think most Latter-day Saints who understand traditional Mormonism want to be in the future? They hope to be gods with their family forever. And how do they arrive at that conclusion? They have to do what? They have to overcome their sin. That's been said many times by Latter-day Saint leaders, and it's implied certainly in their scriptures. It's very explicit in their scriptures. And yet, in this talk, he says, the only opinion of us that matters is what our Heavenly Father thinks of us. And that's the problem, I feel, according to Mormonism, because if we look at what Heavenly Father thinks of Latter-day Saints, it all depends on what they are doing, and it has to do with this repentance issue that he's about to get into. For instance, when we read, Mormon 7.3, it says, Know ye that you must come unto repentance, or you cannot be saved. According to the Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 32, Nevertheless, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven, and he that repents not from him shall be taken even the light which he has received, for my spirit shall not always strive with man, saith the Lord of hosts. And then you have Doctrine and Covenants, section 19, verse 3. And surely every man must repent or suffer, for I, God, am endless. Well, wouldn't that be a good way of understanding what Heavenly Father thinks of an individual Latter-day Saint would be by going to their scripture, their unique scripture in this case, the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, And it sounds to me, from what I just read, that unless you're meeting certain requirements, you are not going to be exalted in the next life. But yet, he goes on at the bottom of the first column on page 33 to make this astounding statement. Let me be direct and clear, he says. The answers to the questions, am I good enough and will I make it, are yes. You are going to be good enough. And yes, you are going to make it. 
as long as you keep repenting and do not rationalize or rebel. Isn't that the whole problem? Because when we look at their definition of what repenting is, that becomes the problem. Repentance is in Mormonism is the forsaking of sin. What is repentance according to fourth president Wilford Woodruff? The forsaking of sin. How many sins must a Mormon repent of in order to be truly or sincerely repentant? All of them. There's no question about this. It's all of them. And that's consistent with not only the LDS standard works, but with all of the prophets and apostles that that you can read about. I mean, listen to what Sixth President Joseph F. Smith said. True repentance is not only sorrow for sins and humble penitence and contrition before God, but it involves the necessity of turning away from them, a discontinuance of all evil practices and deeds, a thorough reformation of life, a vital change from evil to good, from vice to virtue, from darkness to light. The word that needs to be emphasized in that statement the necessity of turning away from them, a discontinuance of all evil practices and deeds, a thorough reformation of life. That is the doctrine of repentance according to Mormonism. It's a 100% success rate. By the time you die, there needs to be a 100% success rate. I'm not getting that impression from what I'm reading here in this talk by Elder Cornish. He's not really consistent, in my opinion. I think he's trying to be encouraging, but in order to be encouraging, he has to ignore a lot of things that are found in Mormon scripture and have been said by Mormon leaders. When he says, am I good enough and will I make it? Yes, you are going to be good enough. You know, I never say that to anybody. If I'm even talking to a discouraged Christian and they ask me, well, do you think I'm going to heaven? I would never say yes. I would always turn it into a self-reflecting question. Well, why do you think you wouldn't? I want them to figure this out, and I want them to come to a biblical conclusion. I don't want to give them a false hope. I want them to know on their own accord why they feel they are going to be in heaven after they die. And traditional Mormonism has said that the only way you can know is if you've had your calling and election made sure, which is something that's done inside the temple. And I really, I don't think I've talked to anybody who's had that done. Well, it's either that or, as Spencer Kimball said, the only way you can have this assurance is if you're living all the commandments. What Latter-day Saint is living all the commandments? Because if they're living all the commandments, there is no need to go into this section of his talk dealing with repentance. If you're living all the commandments, there's no need for you to repent. That's the awful catch-22 of this subject, and I think it's something that Mr. Cornish is completely overlooking. He's not being consistent, in my opinion. But then when he says, you are going to make it as long as you keep repenting and do not rationalize or rebel. The God of heaven is not a heartless referee looking for any excuse to throw us out of the game. Now, let me qualify that statement a little bit. I wouldn't even say that the God of Mormonism is a heartless referee looking for any excuse to throw someone out of the game. But I would also say at the same time that if he is a referee at all, he does throw people out of the game. Not everyone 
in the Mormon church is qualified for the celestial kingdom. That has been emphasized over and over again throughout the entire history of the LDS church. Mormons know that there's certain things that they must do if they hope to receive exaltation. For instance, if they don't keep the covenants that they make, the covenants at baptism, the covenant when they partake of the sacrament, or the covenants that they make when they go to the temple, they know if they do not keep those covenants, they will not be qualified for celestial exaltation. So the God of Mormonism does, in fact, throw people out of the game. I would never describe him as being heartless in doing so, because even the God of Mormonism has his standards. I understand Mormon theology, at least to that extent. But still, he does throw people out of the game. So to try and describe him as being some heartless referee looking for any excuse, I think is a smokescreen that he throws in there. I wouldn't even say that he would be that. But he certainly does throw people out of the game. It goes on to say, He is our perfectly loving Father who yearns more than anything else to have all of his children come back home and live with him as families forever. I'm not even doubting that. I understand Mormon theology, and that's how he's described, as a loving heavenly father who wants to bring his creation or his sons and daughters back to him to be, as he says, in this family forever. I get that. But at the same time, let's not overlook the fact that there's probably going to be a lot more people cast out into the terrestrial kingdom, according to Mormonism, or the telestial kingdom, then are probably going to be qualified for the celestial kingdom. In fact, I would go so far as to say I don't think anybody is really qualified for the celestial kingdom because in order to get into the celestial kingdom, you have to keep celestial law. And celestial law is sincerely repenting or truly repenting of all your sins and keeping all of the commandments. If you know of a Mormon who's doing that, then he may be probably the only Mormon that's qualified for the celestial kingdom. That becomes really problematic. But then he goes on and he talks about trying. And this seems to be coming up more and more among leaders in the Mormon church, that somehow trying, whatever that means, is going to be enough to qualify an individual. He says, I love the way President Gordon B. Hinckley used to teach his principle. I heard him say on several occasions, Brothers and sisters, all the Lord expects of us is to try, but you have to really try. What does that mean, really try? See, they're, they're trying to give instruction using language that needs to be defined. Now you have to ask yourself, well, what is really trying, and am I really trying according to this definition? And he goes on and he says that. He says, really trying means doing the best we can, recognizing where we need to improve, and then trying again. By repeatedly doing this, we come closer and closer to the Lord. We feel his spirit more and more, and we receive more of his grace or help. Bill, I couldn't help but to think as I'm reading this for the first time, going back to what Spencer W. Kimball, who was an apostle when he wrote The Miracle of Forgiveness, but later was a president, and taught on this very clearly. In fact, his quotes from this book were uh, given over several dozen times in the teachings of presence of the church, Spencer W. Kimball. And we should say that that teachings of presence of the church, Spencer Kimball, is a very recent church manual that is correlated or vetted by the leadership in the church. 
And I'm thinking of chapter 12, Abandonment of Sin, where he quotes from D&C 5843, By this ye may know, if a man repenteth of his sins, behold, he will confess them and forsake them. And what Kimball says is that true repentance prods ones to action. One must not be surprised that effort is required and not merely desire. Then he says, trying is not sufficient, nor is repentance complete when one merely tries to abandon sin. To try with the weakness of attitude and effort is to assure failure in the face of Satan's strong counteracting effort. What is needed is resolute action. And he also says, to try is weak, to do the best I can is not strong. We must always do better than we can. This is true in every walk of life. You can read that book and very clearly contradicts this idea that really trying is doing the best you can. Kimball said, no, you couldn't. And yet we have J. Devin Cornish trying to give the impression that really trying means doing the best we can. And most Latter-day Saints would say, well, what does that really mean? Most Latter-day Saints know in their heart that they could always do better than what they've already done. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has worked hard to equip people to understand the differences between Mormonism and the Christian faith. At MRM.org, we have dozens of articles and video resources that will educate you in a variety of ways. Or perhaps your church needs to schedule Mormonism Research Ministry to come for a live weekend presentation. Remember, we're here to equip the body of Christ. Let us know what we can do for you. Contact us through our website. Again, that's MRM.org.